name is Michelle. Welcome to another exciting and informative episode of the Magnetica Podcast. Thank you for creating the time and listening to us. I love the feedback we have been getting. Shout out to you, dear listener. And today I am happy to be having a conversation with one of the brilliant minds in Africa. He's definitely doing amazing stuff in the education and tech space. So for purposes of context, I'll just say how we met. So we met through a program that happens after high school, right when you're going to join into campus. He was an alumni, I think, four or five years ahead of me. I was a junior alumni. What is, is that even right? Anyway, <laughs> he was years ahead of me into the program. So that's how we met. We'll discuss more, but today the show is not about me. It's about this guest. So I will let him introduce himself and then we continue with the show. What's up, Ed Mekoaji? How have you been? What's up, what's up, what's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been good. Yeah, just, just enjoying Nairobi. Enjoying what I'm doing right now. Okay. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say about myself? I want you to introduce yourself. Say what you do. You've definitely said your name and everything else that you want the listeners to know about you. All right. Okay, so my full name is Edwin Magema. But I go by Ed Magema, just, you know, so that I look cool. <laughs> I'm a startup founder. I'm a co-founder of a startup called Universe, which is a global platform for students using voice. We are allowing students to come together, connect, chat in real time, learn together using an audio application that you've built. We want this to go global. So that's how ambitious we are. That's how ambitious I am. We want you know, we, we want Africans to be out there doing big things. And I hope that those masses and favor is going to be upon us so that we conquer this world with what we are doing. I'm a graduate of Harvard, graduated with a bachelor's degree in mathematics, pure mathematics, came back to Kenya, started as a consultant for about two and a half years, then jumped ship uh, to support a startup that was just fledgling at that time they had nothing really uh help them to to launch uh grow build teams set up an office set up operations in east africa and guess what that startup is now worth two billion (laughs) dollars i moved out quite early so i'm not a billionaire or a millionaire so people don't come at me (laughs) but uh yeah so i've seen what success looks like I'm building another success, and so I want as many people as possible to to come come support us, support what you're doing. Uh, help us build a company that the world will see and enjoy it, uh, using our product. Amazing, amazing. I want us to start briefly where all of this started. You know, you have a degree in math. <laughs> I have never been able to understand how you went to school to do math but anyway that's just me when did the desire to go study abroad start because you mentioned you went to harvard to pursue a degree in math when did that desire start when did you want when did you find out you wanted to go to this school was it when you were in high school primary i don't know tell us about that you will be surprised i never knew about harvard uh yale and these other schools up until i was done with uh with college and somebody gave me a call uh, and said listen you performed so well in case 
ACC. There are some really good schools that you should be thinking about applying to. So that's when I got to know about Harvard. People just started emailing me and all that. Um, but I never knew about it. I never had a desire because I didn't have the knowledge, right? But one thing that I knew is I wanted to get into uh, electrical and electronic engineering at JQuart, which I got into. And then Harvard happened. So I met I made my applications and that's when I got, that's how I got in. Then on math, <laughs> math is a long story. I think I'm one person who likes to, to do hard things, things which challenge my intellect. Uh, so when I was trying to choose uh, a concentration or a major, I was looking around and there was economics and there was biomedical engineering and there was engineering. And I figured I want to really, really challenge my mind. Uh, all along since primary school, I had struggled really badly with math. <laughs> you won't believe this. I used to copy my math homework. I was just really bad at it until I got to, I think, form three. And that's that's when I made my mind, I made up my mind and said, this can't be going on. I mean, I'm doing really well in other subjects. What, what could I be missing? And I observed what other good, really good students were doing and they were studying and they were practicing. And I started doing the same and it became so easy. So I figured out, you know what, this thing that had always been tormenting me for years is exactly what I'm going to get a degree in. And that's, that's, that's the story. I wouldn't have imagined you struggled with math in school. And then you just go to school to pursue math. How? <laughs> So Ed, tell us about your journey in the U.S. as a student. Briefly, to MBA, you go to Harvard. Mm. Obviously, you know, it's an international school. So there's Indians, there's Americans, there's Chinese, there's Kenyans, there's Nigerians, there's everybody yeah. there. Tell us about it. First of all, did you experience culture shock? How, how, how yeah. was it for you? If you can paint a picture for someone probably where they're seated right now, they have the desire yeah. to go to Harvard in brief. You can paint a picture for them. Because I think Harvard will represent now the other international schools yeah um so harvard i'll say it's not just an international university it's the best university and in the sense that there's only one harvard there are no satellite campuses there's only one harvard if you want to go to harvard you go to cambridge in boston it's it's a it's a mix it's a mix of it's a mix of feelings actually first of all you asked about culture shock yes there was a massive culture shock for the first time i was a black person in a sea of white people so it felt really weird and then there was food the food was different i felt like food back at home was way better way delicious the food the american food is bland so i struggled there um being somebody who likes good food that was a real struggle <laughs> then having to adopt to 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 a new accent where i had to say water instead of water the way we say here uh was quite of a struggle um i mean i i didn't go to, to an international school here in kenya so you can imagine being an eight for person and having to shift that into a new accent and, and talk like an American was just a complete different world for me. It was interesting. I thought that it would be so easy for me having been like a top student in the country and, and, and you know, gotten used to S until I started seeing A minuses and, 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 and Bs on my... <laughs> on my on my transcript and I was shocked and stressed. So it was intense. Um, 
Harvard requires a lot from you, even if you're doing just, if, even if your concentration is, is writing, it requires so much from you. You are just as busy as a medical student uh, back in Kenya. There is no time to go partying and, 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 and doing tons of leisure stuff. You have to be studying, doing research projects, assignments every single day. So, so for example, on a Friday, if, 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 if I wanted to go party, then I'll have to account for the hours that I'll lose. <laughs> and then recoup those on Saturday and Sunday. So it was that kind of trying to balance expectations uh, that, that have been set so highly for the past 300 years uh, and trying to get a social life as well as trying to get my grades up there. Um, so it was super interesting. There's there just a lot going on. It was a tough environment, but I guess we got tougher, super competitive. Whenever you know we are going to, to, to apply for internships, everybody wanted the top spots. Um, I remember this time when we were flown to New York City by McKinsey for an interview when I was a sophomore. And I met people from University of Pennsylvania, Columbia. Everybody was dressed up. Everybody was looking sharp and looking smart, talking smart. And everybody was trying to impress. I still remember that. It was crazy. Um, so that, that that's the environment that you're in. It's super competitive. You have to really change the way you operate from how you speak, how you carry yourself, how you how you how you tackle your your um, your academics, um, how you prepare for your internships and your full-time jobs, uh, job opportunities, to to the expectation you have on your social life. Americans seem friendly on TV, but in real life they are not as friendly. So <laughs> there's all that. But uh, listen, we, we came out strong and we came out winning. Yeah, speaking of coming out winning, you have a book. You're an author of a book, How to Get into Harvard in Three Simple Steps. So I have had um, the honor and the privilege of reading your book. And till today, one thing that stood out from the book is distinguishing excellence. Uh -huh. That really stood out for me. And I think it's something that, you know, every 20-something, everyone should adopt. Maybe you can speak about that and you can even talk about the book and tell people where they can get it. Yeah, so the book is available per uh, order basis you can either reach out to me personally on my Instagram especially just make an order say I want this book to be delivered here at this time make a payment of a thousand and it will get to you that specific phrase distinguishing excellence actually it's it's one of my best phrases in the book and it's actually a phrase that is used by Harvard admissions itself they talk about this thing called distinguished uh, distinguishing excellence um, and what that means is anything that you're doing you have to do it it's not about perfection but rather it's about just how good when compared to everybody else you should be the person at the top at what you're doing so for example if you're doing podcasting for 20 something year olds then magnetica podcast is at the top everybody wants to be on everybody wants to be listening everybody is anticipating the next episode of magnetica podcast so that's an example of what distinguishing excellence is and and yeah and it's because there's a certain vibe there's a certain trait there's a certain excellence reputation goodness efficiency that is associated with whatever that thing is now i'll give you an example i think my distinguishing excellence was uh, at least when it comes to academics was excelling way beyond the expectation of every everybody else when i was in high school in a very downtrodden uh it actually wasn't a high school, a secondary school in the you know in the backsides of of, of Pocotland. So this was a school that 
had no uh, reputation for performance, 20 years, not even a single B. I know this, this might sound surprising for somebody who went to a national school like you, but <laughs> this was, it was crazy. No resources. And then all of a sudden, there's this tiny boy who emerges top uh, top 10 in, in, in the country. And everybody is like, how did that happen? So the way that happened, and I, and I speak about it in the book, was developing strategies and habits that resembled or rather reflected on excellence. So if it was about managing my time, I really managed my time really well. Had a very well set timetable. I knew what I what I wanted to study on a Monday and why I would want to study that thing on a Monday. So for example, I will do languages on Monday and Tuesday because I wanted to, to refresh. I wanted to um, polish my grammar and my diction so that if I go and study other subjects like the sciences and geography, I already have the diction. If I need to study something like denudation in geography, I already understand what denudation means. I understand what denude to denude as a as a root word means so i had strategies and i used logic uh, for those strategies and i think that's why math made so much sense for me because it's a it's a language of logic resting i perfected the excellence of resting i i used to be a seventh day adventist so on saturdays from friday 6 p.m to saturday 6 p.m i will not do any work no no academics i wouldn't touch anything and it made the whole difference because because we as humans, we need to rest our mind at least for a certain uh, time duration. And there's, there's a reason there. There are both scientific and spiritual reasons for that. And I think I was lucky enough to understand what that meant. And it helped, it helped me. Um, I didn't lose any time. In fact, I gained so much. So those kind of habits, small, small habits, or rather atomic habits that lead to building you know, excellence when it comes to your macro behavior and habits. Um, yeah, so so that what that's what it, it it really means. I think you have expounded on it very well and given good examples. I want us to go back. So you went into Harvard, you finished school, you've graduated. I don't know if you worked in the US a bit, but I definitely know you came back to Kenya and you work in a certain firm. And after that, um, after a period of time, you became an entrepreneur or a consultant. Now, maybe you can tell us how your position, where you are at, where you're working, because the purposes of even having this conversation with you today is to help 20-somethings who are working to develop something of their own, right? Like Ms. Phil here and Kim, we are working to develop our podcast. This is this is our innovation. And I know Gen Zs and millennials right now, we have a couple of them who they don't really want to be employed or if they are employed, they want to be employed for a specific period of time. And then either on the side or after a couple of years, they want to become entrepreneurs or start something of their own. And this is where your latest innovation, the app comes. But I'd like us, I would like you now to tell us, because you didn't jump into entrepreneurship. If as long as I know, as far as I know the story, you'll correct me. You worked for some time and then now you are you're an employer. <laughs> basically. So you can tell us about your experience while you're working and some of the things that you are keen to learn for this, that prepared you for this period where you're at now. Yeah. 
Uh, absolutely. So I, I'll say this um, as a matter of record. The only reason why I went into employment was uh, so I could pay my bills in Nairobi. <laughs> but also uh, it turned out uh, unintended consequences uh, was that I learned a lot. I learned how businesses operate. I learned how leadership uh, operates, especially from uh, my former boss in the consulting company called Dalberg. Is um, one of the coolest bosses I've, I've ever in. So I learned those two elements and which which became instrumental in 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 helping me to 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 think or rather or rather rethink how uh, I should you know build my own business. Of course, the business that I'm doing is completely different from from my work experiences, but there are certain elements that I'm borrowing from from those experiences to to help me shape my business too. Uh, so I I started off as a strategy consultant, uh, supporting businesses to think about their operations. Uh, their change management, to think about uh, their business models, um, to think about the risk environment and how they should reshape themselves to, 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 to de-risk some of those risks and, and many others. So we are supporting different types of clients from governments to large NGOs, uh, to private corporates, uh, to social organizations, to, to people bilaterals and multilaterals like the United Nations and USID. So it was, a, it was an incredible experience. There was even this one time when I went to Tanzania for a month and I was traveling from Dar es Salaam to, to Morogoro, or is it Mologoro? <laughs> and I learned a lot of good Swahili, by the way, that has stuck with me to date. And we were trying to, to, to help a client understand um, the, the agricultural value chain uh, and how we can help to, to, to build uh, better training modules for, for, for smallholder farmers. So super, super interesting kind of projects uh, that, that really brings to, to bear um, real life uh, skills. Then after um, some few years, I I think I got tired of, of working on theory. I wanted something more implementable. So at that time, it happened. It was coincidental that this young startup was just coming around uh, by a friend from the US. Um, and he reached out to me and said, can you help us test out this? Uh, do you think this, this thing has potential? And I was going around and asking people to try it out. I was pitching it to my to my former colleagues um, at the consulting company. And very, very, very few people were paying attention to it until we started growing. I moved out of the consulting. I helped to launch the company, register it uh, across East Africa. And we started growing. Within a year, we had grown to 1 million customers. We had raised tons of money. Um, I think by the time I was leaving, they were raising about an equivalent of 3 billion Kenya shillings. Um, so yeah, so we did fantastic work with that company. It's now worth $2 billion. It's massive. But I, I had to move on because I had a bigger calling, which I, I felt like there's something in education that is not being done right. And I think I can be the person to do it. I've always believed in this sense, this divine calling that I'm meant to do something great, something global. And I have never at one point seen myself as just somebody living, surviving in Kenya. I've always seen myself as someone doing something worthy of global recognition, something worthy of of global value and just giving back to to humanity in a way that nobody else has done before. So that's why I decided to leave my work, which was paying me more than 
half a million Kenya shillings uh, with all the trappings of, of that job and launch into this um, new type of education, which we're calling social learning, where students, learners are the ones to drive their own learning. Uh, just the way we used to learn from each other's kids, you know, with role play and, and, and playing chababa, chamama and, 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 and all that, like bring fun back to learning and have young people drive that learning and use technology as an intermediary for that process. So, so that's, that's what you're currently doing. We, we just launched last month and we've already signed up uh, more than 200 people. People are using it uh, quite well. Uh, we are growing on that front. We have allowed at least five universities in Kenya to, to come on board. Uh, from University of Nairobi, Kenyatta University, uh, JQuat, USIU, and Strath. So we will be allowing top African universities to come on board uh, in the next phase. And then after that, um, bring on board once we publish our iOS, uh, our, the version for, for for iPhone, we will be allowing Ivy Leagues, you know, Harvard and Yale and Columbia and Cornell uh, and Stanford and, and MIT to come on board so that students here in Kenya and Africa will be able to meet some of the best of the best students from the world. And the best of the best doesn't mean just academically. These are also some some of the most fun people. They, they're highly talented um, highly exposed. Some of them are kids from billionaire families. Um, some of them are going to be leaders. Some of these kids are going to be the presidents of, 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 the, of the United States. So that exposure, that those connections that we, we, we want to help students, young people to be able to create powerful networks and at the same time be conducting exchange of ideas and knowledge and learning. If you if you want to if if you're somebody who's studying civil engineering, why not do that with somebody from another school known for it? And that what that does is that it just makes you a better uh, future civil engineer. If you're doing compute if you're doing computer science, why not study with students or discuss ideas? Uh, it could be about the metaverse. It could be about NFTs with students from. MIT and Harvard and Stanford, some of the, and Carnegie Mellon, some of the schools best known for computer science, that just ends up making you a really good computer science student. If you're somebody doing international relations, study with students from USIU, it just makes you a better IR student. And the reason why that makes a lot of sense is because at the end of the day, you're not just a better student and a better future a career person in that field, but also you get to know who is going to go into that field and potentially be your boss or potentially be your colleague. So you start early in freshman year and that relationship, those networks, those interactions uh, stay with you for as long as you want, even forever. If you're gonna be an alumni at Harvard, you're gonna be chatting with people on universe for years to come and not just Harvard, but also with students from other different from different parts of the world that you you will have met. So that's that's the vision that we have, and um, we think it can only get better after that. All right, that's interesting. So I like I like going practical. So there's this app. It's called Universe, and then so when you go to the app, let's say I'm a student at USIU, right? So I'm a student at USIU. I go to the app. 
when I go to the app, I'll be able to connect to another student in another university. Yes. So what happens? So this is how it, this is how, this is how it, uh, it's working at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, sign up. You download the application from Play Store. So we are we on Android for now, but you're going to be bringing iOS soon. Um, download the application. Sign up with your student email because it's a student-only platform. And then there's a place where they, they, there's a button called Starter Hub. So you can start a hub uh, on any interesting topic that you want to speak with other people about, and they'll join you as they, they're browsing around, right? Um, or you could even just invite your friends so that they join you in that discussion and other people will see it and they will join you. So people will be browsing around on the homepage and seeing all these different types of uh, discussions going on. Now, as you're speaking and exchanging ideas and knowledge with other students on a specific hub, based on a topic, you'll be able to click on other people's different profiles. So let's say I click on Fee's profile. She's part of the speakers in that hub, or she's part of the audience. So I can still click on your profile, see your bio, what you're interested in, where you go to school, what you study, et cetera, et cetera, depending on what you've written on your bio. Um, and then I can just, I can follow you. So there's an option to follow you. And in the future, whenever you start a hub, I'll be notified so that we can keep on engaging. Whenever there's something important that maybe you, um, there's, there's something related to you, maybe you've joined another hub, I'll be notified and I'll join you there and we can continue our interaction and exchanging of ideas and knowledge. So that's the idea for now. And there's, there are more features to help deepen that interaction between users to come. I think everybody wants to know, will I get help to do assignments? <laughs> <laughs> we are um, all students. Yes. We want someone to help us think through this assignment. Of course, <laughs> of course, yes, yes. But this is different from how we think about it uh, currently in Kenya. So there's there's been this controversy about Kenyans, Kenyan students helping other students to to do their assignments and and projects and get paid for it. We are not going to do that. This is a platform that you want integrity and and uh to be a to be a huge part of it so the way we are thinking about students helping each other is, is through these you know discussions in groups and and one-on-one -on -one in, instead of, of somebody actually doing that assignment for you so let's say um you don't understand a concept in in journalism or in physics then you actually start a hub with a topic on that concept so that it's, it's clear what is supposed to be discussed. And somebody who's really good will see that topic. If they're interested in it, they will join and they will contribute. So imagine if two, three, four, five of you are speaking about one topic, going deep into it, as opposed to just one or two of you. That helps, to really, that helps you to really understand that topic. And... I think at the end of the day, you won't need to cheat. You'll only need to interact with more people for you to, to become really good at, at, at the concept. Okay, it is good you made that clear <laughs> because when you explained, people will be, you know, students versus students. Obviously, everybody's going to be like, hey, will I get help in my assignment? So thank you for clarifying that. And um, I'd, like, I'd like you to tell us, you've said where we can find the app. On Play Store, I think I have mine, only that I wasn't able to log in because it said school email. 
<laughs> yeah, but um, you can find the app on Play Store, uh, Universe, and it's written Early Access. Yeah. Right, it's that one, right? With yes. An orange, yeah. There's an orange. Uh, it, it has an orange logo. So there's yes. another universe by Singapore. That one. This one is a social platform. Okay. Uh, Ali access so universe. Yes. Chat with Ed on his Instagram page. Paliko DM. Serious questions only. <laughs> I think that's clear. Yeah. So. Any questions you have about? Okay. So now that you are in this entrepreneurial space, there are definitely 20 somethings, as I mentioned earlier, who desire to be entrepreneurs. Some of them have already started this journey. What are like the five things you have learned and you can tell someone who is starting? Let's say, yes, they're starting or they're thinking about joining the space of being an entrepreneur. They have an idea and everything. What are like the five things you can tell them that you learned probably as a consultant, but you're still learning right now? Um, the, the one, the first and super important is be, obs be obsessed with your customer, completely understand who they are and work for them because without your customer, there is no, there is no startup, there is no making money, there is no growing. So be obsessed with your customer. The second is be obsessed with the problem that you're solving, not the solution. Today, universe might look cool. You know, it's an audio application. It's new. It's novel. But tomorrow, you might be forced to, 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 to develop a new innovation, new technology uh, to solve the problem that you're seeing, which is a disconnection between students because of barriers, um, geographic, digital, and institutional barriers. So be obsessed with the problem because once you have the problem and it exists and it's real and users and customers care about it, you can develop any solution, even solutions that nobody has seen before. And we have seen this Facebook was novel. It came, it solved a problem that was that was so innate uh, between people. People people are not connected online, and Facebook came and made that connection instagram came and it allowed us to feel really good about sharing our videos and photos um, microsoft came and it built software for computers apple came and it redesigned how it gave us a real some really good hardware and software design and improved how we how we interact with gadgets so just focus on the problem and the solution can be anything so that's the that's the second. The third is patience. Patience is the game. Patience is the name of the game. Uh, play for the long term, as even as you focus on your strategies and tactics. Um, patience is really helpful when you're dealing with human beings because you, we all come from different places. Our temperaments are different. So you have to be patient. I've learned to be patient when building this company. And I think it's one of the most uh, important um traits that i've developed I, I never used to be patient but now patience is almost my second name um you asked about five right yes five the fourth one would be as somebody else put it be stuck be stubborn on the vision and flexible on the detail um our vision is to connect the student world at a global level now the details of how to do that again really doesn't matter. It can always change, whether that's based on technology, whether that's based on design, whether that's based on how you're acquiring our customers. It doesn't matter. 
what really matters is that we achieve that vision. And then the last one is have fun while doing it. I mean, even as we are, we are, we are hard at work building this, I'm enjoying interacting with young people, uh, answering their questions uh, on our Instagram pages, um, on, my, on my own WhatsApp, even on calls, on during physical meetings. Be there for your customer. Have fun because life is short. I mean, it's not, it's not that serious. Um, I definitely agree with the last part. Have fun while at it. It, it. it also makes the process enjoyable to you and more open to making mistakes. That's what I say when you just know that I'm also here to learn as much as I'm solving a problem to people. So a lot of entrepreneurs, when they want to scale up, we need money at the end of the day, funding. How, how do people go about this? What are like the funding opportunities? And this is specifically for the young people in Kenya because it's a struggle trying to raise capital for the innovations and the ideas that you have. So maybe you can speak about the opportunities that you know exist for every 20-something listening. Okay, yeah. So yeah, definitely funding is, is a tough game. Uh, it's a tough nut to crack. Um, and it's always going to be that way. And, and, the, and the simple reason is because, um, yes, you start a business, you have an idea, but an idea can only go so far. You have to translate that idea into something tangible, has meaning and gives value to somebody that you want money from, right? So here is how to think, here is how to think, of, to think about it. Um, if you have an idea, that's not enough. Everybody can have an idea. You can sleep today and dream about an idea and think it's going to be the best thing ever. But if that idea is not translated into a product or service that is servicing, that is serving customers and generating money, it's worth nothing, right? So the way to do this is to, yes, have an idea, but translate it into a product or a service that is actually out there serving people. Get traction. Traction means customers are using your products or they're using and paying for your products. So if you can show revenue or you can show customer growth, that is something that investors are really interested in. It signals that people want this. And if a few people, maybe say a couple hundred people already want it, it already signals that potentially as humans, we share certain uh, traits like fee, has a need for food and shelter and clothing, same as Ed. So there are shared traits between us as humans. So the basic human needs are there. And if these needs are shared for your product, then your product has a huge potential to grow. So show traction, show revenue, um, and investors will come. In fact, don't stop chasing investors for money when you only have an idea. Get traction. And as I say, traction is revenue and user growth. Investors will chase you instead of the other way around. Wow. I like that. I'm also learning traction and growth. Definitely anyone, when you stand on the other side of an investor, you want to invest in something that you see has the potential of making value. And if it's already making some value, then it becomes easier to sell. Thank you so much for that, Ed. So I will jump on the other questions that we normally ask guests when they come. And the first question is, how can you describe your 20s so far? Um, past my twenties, <laughs> uh, but they were amazing. They were fun. They were wild. They were free spirited. 
um, they were explorative. They were they were they were exposed. Um, they were wide-eyed and, and and naive. And yeah, they were good times. So there's there are no regrets. Um, just fond memories to look back to. Okay, and in one word, in one word, how would you say? <laughs> if you were to stamp all that you said, what's the one word you would use? Energetic. All right, all right. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> what is the one thing that you learned in your twenties? You feel like everyone should have that, or should learn, or should know. What is the one thing that you learned was like? Wait a minute. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was trust but verify don't don't trust humans blindly don't trust processes blindly trust but verify and also what that in by extension what that means is question everything interesting so thank you so much ed for creating the time to come and share with us and speak to 20 somethings who listen to this podcast and shout out by the way guys we have someone who listens to our podcast between the age of 50 to 60 Thank you so much, whoever you are. We really appreciate that you take the time to learn from us young people as we learn together. Thank you so much. Ed Asantisana, any final words that you have? Mm, any final words? Go ye and have fun. <laughs> yeah, have fun. Life is for the living. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> yeah yeah but thank you so much for creating the time guys remember if you want to order his book how to get into harvard in three simple steps and it's not just a book for you to read if you want to go to study abroad definitely if you want to it's a must-have but also if you just want to expand your mind and learn some things we've touched on distinguishing excellence which i think everyone should totally apply that in their life whether you're applying to go to school you're working whatever you're doing you need to be excellent and the new app if you are a student i wish i was in campus but if you're a student that is a must-have universe app make sure you check it out pali play store and if you have any questions i will link ed's instagram and linkedin on the description for this podcast so that you can go and ask questions serious questions only in Fazali, 20 something let's learn <laughs> and have fun while at it thank you so much for listening remember you can share your feedback on how this episode was tell me pale and also the next guest that you would like me to invite and what topic of conversation we should have thank you so much my co-host team says hello she was not able to join us in this recording but i'm